Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topics and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now, here's your host, award-winning certified exit planning advisor, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. In today's show, we're interviewing the director of a family office within a prominent Midwest firm. But first, we're going to hear from our show sponsors, TrustPoint and Sunbelt Business Advisors. TrustPoint will design and manage a 401k plan that fits your company's needs. They handle everything from the record keeping and investments to employee education and ongoing administration. And they take on the highest level of fiduciary responsibility to ensure your 401k plan is compliant. You already have plenty to keep you up at night. Your 401k plan should not be one of them. Let their experts help you with a complete plan solution, saving you time to focus on what you do best your business. Visit TrustPointInc.com for more details. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at SunbeltMinnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Hey, everybody, we are here today in the studio with Christine Schmidt, who is the Family Office Director at TrustPoint. Christine, welcome to Poised for Exit. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, Julie. I am thrilled that you are here, and I am so excited to talk about this topic because we just really haven't covered it much. Um, We've skimmed the surface, and now we're sitting here with this expert like you, right? And we're going to talk about unpacking family office services. But before we do that, I'd really like to just have you share with our listeners, how did you get here? Like, what... What was your journey, your path of, you know, career choices that got you to working with family businesses? Yeah, you know, I think uh, like many of your guests have talked about, it's not a straight path for any of us, right? We start with a lot of different areas that come into it and you don't go to school to be a family office advisor. No, you don't. (laughs) So I started out in accounting is my background, Mm. worked for an insurance company on the property casualty side for a few years, and that company was privately owned. And so had some exposure to business owners through that, um, and there was a um, divestiture happening that's part mm. of that. So I looked for a new opportunity and uh, was hired as an accountant in a family office. And oh. that was my first real um, exposure endeavor and spent actually 16 years at that single family office 
where I grew up, I guess I'll say, and um, gleaned a lot of knowledge through uh, acquisitions and divestors, worked on philanthropic pieces, mm. did cash flow analysis, um, really, you know, the nuts and bolts of the taxes and planning for the clients, and worked my way up into advising the family on their family governance side and continuing cash flow, education, financial management uh, with the family members. And so spent a few years there, um, as I said, and wow. then um, really had a great experience, but my kids were getting to an age where I needed to step back a little bit. And so came to Trustpoint and worked on uh, financial planning and wealth management advising, still doing um, trust administration and working closely with families. But as I was in there um, working with multiple families instead of a single family, right, that you supported, mm -hmm. it just was a natural fit to start the family office um, opportunity here in Minneapolis and mm -hmm. grow with and work with the families that we were working with. I just, there was an uh, opportunity to really bring uh, that governance education and the structure because um, as you've seen, like uh, with the discussion you had with John, who was here from our uh, retirement plan service in Allison, right? we work a lot of business owners. And yes. so they're having those conversations um, about what is the next step. So it was an opportunity for us to really expand the family office. And so that's, that's how I, I've gotten where I am today. Awesome. So when did you actually launch the family office for TrustPoint? Um, we launched it back in 2018. All right. So you've got some years under your belt. Yep. And so let's talk about that because I think that a lot of our listeners may be you know, kind of wondering, well, what really does a family office do and what is a family office? Yeah. And I always say when I meet new clients and prospective clients, what do you know of a family office? Because they are all different. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you hear the term a lot more now than you did, you know, 25 years ago. Yeah, um, definitely. It was definitely not, um, even when I was working in the first family office, my family thought I did taxes. They didn't know what a family office was, <laughs> and I didn't really tell them either. So, um, you know, that was part of the rules. And so uh, what a family office, in my mind, is um, today and, and always should be is a fiduciary. It should be an advisor mm -hmm. that you trust that's really looking out for your family's best interest and has an overarching view of all the players and all the pieces, right? And they really are that administrator to help you have that independent lens, you know, take the emotion out and then really work on the family um, structure that needs to be in place to grow the family as the business, whether it continues on or whether they exit from that, but really um, looking out for the family as they grow. And so when we talk about... Um growing as the family grows I would imagine that you've got different relationships with different generations and different people in different roles and you've got the business owners that are a part of the mix but not not everybody who's a shareholder is actually working in the business so there's all of that mix right right and you had also talked too about um, family governance you mentioned that yep could we just spend a minute on on family governance and just break that down briefly for our listeners I think that would be helpful sure so think, I think about family governance just like a business. You really need a structure that you can work around. And most families, as we all know, our families grow over time. And we start with a family business having discussions at the dinner table, right? That's yes. where you talk about the family business. It's, it's at home. It's at work. It's all at one. And what happens with family governance is that as your family grows, you have some working in the business, as you mentioned, and some who are not. And you have... Um, spouses and partners and uh, next generation that may be involved in the day-to-day -day business or not. And so it's really important that you have clear communication with all the family members. And so what we do from a family governance is educate the family about 
what's everybody's role? How do we set up a structure for a successful shareholder meeting, not a, just a discussion at the dinner table or at the boardroom or at the office where only half the family's there and they're hearing it secondhand, but how can we have those meetings that are um, an opportunity for everybody to ask questions, for everybody to hear the same information at the same time? It doesn't mean that you don't need to have um, secondary conversations or smaller education sessions on some of the, the nuts and bolts, mm -hmm. but it's really an opportunity to really have clear communication that mm -hmm. a lot of families don't think about as they grow because, again, the business has grown over time mm -hmm. and um, the family has grown into multi-generations where it started maybe with the owner um, and an owner or spouse or two owners, right? And now you have all of these other individuals that you need to bring along in the story um, so that they understand when you are divesting or you are um, acquiring new businesses, what does that mean to them? How does this influence their um, their lives? For sure. It reminds me of um, like when I, years ago, when I first heard the term family business governance, this was a long time ago. And I remember that Venn diagram, yep. right? That, that um, is it the the family, the leadership, and the ownership? Is it that, that that's how it's split yep. out? So it's the it's the um, family, the owner, and then the employees or leadership, mm -hmm. right? So who's mm -hmm. in the business? And so mm -hmm. we talk about, um, you know, the ideal family is where, um, and family business structure is where there's all three circles sort of intersect, right? Mm -hmm. um, but knowing where each person in the family is in relation to the business is helpful from a communication and a family structure because not everybody knows everything except for those that are in the center of those three circles, right? Right. Um, where it all overlaps. So the owner knows all the pieces. And some of that is what we need to do in family governance is educating the owner that, you know what, you know it all, but your children don't or their spouses don't or your grandchildren don't. And if you want a successful succession and successful um, stewards of your wealth down the road, you need to have that communication and the education for them. And so we, we can bring that to the table, um, and a family office right. helps do that. You do. And and I think that as, like we were talking about before we started recording, that, that the work that you do and the work that I do are similar in that we, we tend to be like the buffer, mm -hmm. right? And and, and we'll, we'll be the heavy, right? If we need to um, be there to take on some of those difficult issues or to help them make a decision that's, you know, kind of hard to come, right, right to draw the conclusion that we can try to facilitate that and get them to that point and, and be okay whether they like it or not. Right. Right. We're not there to be their best friend. Right. And I always say that, um, just like we had talked about before, that independent lens, right? There's no emotion. We're telling you the things that you need yes. to do, and we're we're taking the emotion out of it, mm -hmm. and uh, which is hard. I mean, we all know. We all have families, right? I and know. There's, we all have some baggage. We all have some... Um, uh, things that we have to focus on or yeah. kind of try to um, push past. It's much easier when you work um, for an uh, independent company than when you work for a family business, right? Because um, that's there. And so being the bad guy is a lot of times our role. Um, and also being a safe place to have those conversations. Yes. I think that's a piece that uh, family office can provide for a lot of business owners that mm -hmm. they don't think about is we're a safe place not only for you, the owner, to say I'm vulnerable or here's my, you know, things that are keeping me up at night, but for your kids to have that same conversation with someone mm -hmm. who is educated about the components and can help you constructively communicate that with each other. Right. And that, you know, 
that's what a lot of families need is just someone to lay it out going, here's what I hear. Here's how we're going to do this. And here's what we need to do. Just like you said with mm-hmm. your clients, what do we need to get done? Mm-hmm. And these are decisions we can help you make. And you can be the common thread between all the generations, which we all need that. I mean, I came from family business on both sides of my family, and I saw plenty of dysfunction, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, nobody's perfect, right? Um, Right. Every family has their stuff. And and having the the capabilities that you bring to the table, that you and your team bring to the table, is, is everything. Like being able to sleep at night, like you said, is just such a relief. So let's talk about how to engage. How do you engage a family office? Like maybe we talk a little bit about timing. When's the right time and how do you go about that? Yeah, so I think, I mean, we are brought in sometimes by the owners when they're looking for a family office. And a lot of times it starts with one piece, right? Might be they're looking for a trustee um, to hold, uh, to be the trustee on their um, um, trust that's holding ownership in the business. Uh, for their kids, it might be that they're looking for investment management because they're going to have an opportunity to exit from the business and they're not really sure now that we've been managing the business, how do we manage those assets? But we have a lot of families we work with even before that um, that have you know philanthropic arms um, mm-hmm. where we manage the foundation with them and do administration. And so I say uh, to the clients that come and talk to us and, and even the um, uh, COIs that introduce us, so the CPAs and the attorneys and folks like that that introduce us when clients are looking for how do we, you know, the question is usually, I have all these things going on. I'm not sure how to manage all of those components yes. that, you know, I know how to run the business, but I don't want to deal with all this other stuff. Right. And so we uh, we come together and talk about, okay, what is it that, um, you are trying to accomplish what is going on that you um, that's you're working on today. Is it exiting? And you've already got that plan going on, or you're starting to think about it. Is it succession and trying to evaluate if your kids are ready to take over the business? And while we're not an exit strategist, we are there to um, bring in those partners and say, okay we think you need this because of the experience we have, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to say you need a valuation expert because let's see what that looks like before we can make any decisions on the next step. Absolutely. And so those are those are the types of things that happen where families come to us and or their advisors say, I think you need to talk to TrustPoint and, and let them share with you the stories of how they've helped other families through these transitions or these pending succession plans. Well, speaking of stories, I always like to ask for one. Uh, Is there one that comes to mind that maybe you could share with our listeners about how you helped a client through some situation? Yeah, so we have had a number of clients sell um, their business, but I'll give you one example of um, a family that I started working with on the education side. They brought me in. They were already doing education sessions, but very haphazardly. And so we were holding shareholder meetings with them, um, and I came in to facilitate the shareholder meetings. Um, so came in uh, and really developed their governance system with them uh, and started having routine meetings um, periodically with them to educate them. The business was still running, so the CEO and other family members working in the business would do the business update, but then we would provide education sessions around the other topics trust administration, investment, how to how to be wise about your investment, financial plans, right? Things like that and t- certain topics. And then that company um, sold and that family continues to work with us today as we help manage their assets, but also continue education now, not only on the business, mm-hmm. but now we're educating 
those um, children, the second, third, fourth generations, yeah. on how to be good stewards of their wealth and how to participate in the family foundation and other philanthropic activities they have. Fantastic. I was just going to ask you how many generations were in that family. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of players. Yeah, a lot of players. We yeah. Uh, yeah. we uh, keep adding to that gener- those, uh, those generations there. And, you know, education, financial wellness is important no matter the generation. So a lot of it is storytelling that the families can do Mm -hmm. um, and giving, again, what we talked about earlier, that structure for them to have those stories that they can share. Mm -hmm. And so I would assume, too, that part of your conversation in working with these families is to find out what really drives their ambition um, in terms of, let's just say, the things that can be impactful in life that you can do with your money, right? Right. We talked about philanthropy and, and, you know, how do we want to make an impact? What could we do going forward, like carrying on the legacy? Right. I imagine that you help a lot with that too. Yeah, we do talk a lot about where they, you know, you have these same conversations when the family's looking to exit, right? Mm-hmm. And considering right. succession, where are they going? And maybe they have a number, right? But what are they going to do in retirement? Right. And we've talked about this too, that, you know, it is like losing a loved one when you sell um, your business. I There's know. an emotional strain there. Yeah. And so taking the emotion out of that and having these decisions, but also helping them understand that, well, what are you going to do when you've retired or what are you going to do when you've sold the business? And so is it mm-hmm. um, this love of philanthropy and what are some ways that we can help you execute that? Mm-hmm. And um, is it setting up a foundation? Is it um, doing education components with your kids so that they can participate um, be an active participate in the board discussions or bringing grant proposals to the foundation of ideas of things that they want to do. So really sharing that um, those values and that legacy so that it's there for future generations like we talked about earlier. It could be fifth, sixth, seventh generation or longer. Or longer, definitely. Well, and when a family business engages services like yours, right, in a family office, their odds of being able to carry that on and carry on the legacy and and go into, you know, multiple generations is greatly increased, right? We know what the statistics are right. for family business succession and how many of them actually even get to the second gen, right. much less the third or the fourth. And so really what we're talking about here is setting up success for a future legacy, whatever that looks like. Right. Right. Right, because some of the companies, uh, you know, the owners will have that next investment in a new business, right? Exactly. I know. Yeah, they got to go on to something else, you know? Right. They're not going to sit in a rocking chair. No, and 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 depending on their age when they sell, right? They they've got a long time that they're gonna yeah. you know do the next thing, and so it isn't just about philanthropy, but that can be part of it. Be part of it, but mm-hmm. it um, and you can do all those things, and I think that's the piece that we help with is we do the administrative, right? We're the administrative backbone. We talk about being a quarterback for our clients, yes, and really running with it. Um, like today in their business, you know, they're still the decision maker. Well, that's still true for their family. They're still the decision maker, but. All of the minutia, they mm-hmm. don't have to deal with that. goes to us, and we will execute with all the players. And if they don't have a supplier that they need on board, we'll bring them to the table and we'll interview them, we'll you know vet them to make sure that they can meet the needs of the family and really help do what they want to do. But exactly your point, a lot of our owners will go back into business into something else. Yeah. Um, you know, they're serial entrepreneurs. I have yeah. one client that calls himself that all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we said, yeah. you know, whatever you want to do. But again, our, our help there is really fostering that goal and that vision. 
and making sure that they've got the assets to do that. And they've got, um, you know, they feel good about the decisions they're making Mm -hmm. and can sleep at night. I think that's one of the things we've talked about too, is really making sure that as they're making these decisions that they are, you know, I can tell them the best thing to do in the world and the least amount of tax to pay and, you know, the best legal structure. But if they are not comfortable um, with those decisions, then we really need to um, reassess. And that isn't, doesn't matter what I think, it matters what they think. And so sleep at night is important to us. Sleep at night is very important. And I think too, they're going to look to us to help them figure out what's next. Right. Right. Um, Sometimes someone else can can say, hey, you, have you thought about this or that? And maybe they hadn't given themselves permission to do so. Mm-hmm. And, and we can encourage, you know, whatever that next dream is because trailblazers do not, you <laughs> right. know, it's not like a, a faucet where you turn it on and off. They are who they are. Right. And, and so, you know, being a part of that is, is really, I think, um, it's an honor to be a part of that, right? And yeah. I, I know that you guys are for sure. Now, um, real quick, let's just talk about um, those younger generations and how you get to know them. Um, you had alluded to that before, but I, it, do you have a maybe a story that could illustrate how you go about that? Yeah, so uh, oftentimes I will, you know, do the one-on-one, right? Go out and meet the next generation, and we sit down with them, and um, I've got a younger client who's um, interested in... Um, uh, racing. And so meet with them to talk about, well, what's the budget for that? How does that work? What are your expenses? Yes, there's trust assets. Yes, there's things to do that. But let's understand what your goals are. And um, and so really getting to know, just like our owners, what's the vision for those, um, that next generation for those uh, children? Mm-hmm. Um, we call them kids. And, you know, some of the kids are older than I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, and right. so, so uh, and sometimes, you know, we always think about, but sometimes they're younger. And it's really just having those conversations about the same thing as the owner. What's your fear? What do you know about the plan? What are you worried about? How can we um, alleviate that stress for you um, by walking through and considering, you know, what's your goal and make sure the, the funds are there to do it. Right. But you're also being smart about um, what you're doing and not, you know, making, you know, we want to give them money to make mistakes, but not make too big a mistake that it's going to cost them. And so mm-hmm. part of that trustee hat we wear, even if we're not trustee, mm-hmm. we always have that fiduciary hat on to say, hmm, this might not be in your best interest. And here's why, because we can play the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But really getting to know them and um, and being that first call, because we want to be the first call for our clients, no matter age or stage, and help them think through it um, now before um, and for the long term, because we're there till the end. Excellent. That's awesome. Okay, one more question. So I understand that you guys are involved in a women's leadership event that's coming up on May 12th, is it? Yep. Tell us about that. So Team Women has a leadership event they've been doing the last almost 10 years now, I think mm. it is. And um, and so we've been um, a sponsor and part of that um, since since the family offices started. Um, Excellent. And I've been part of the group for 10 years. Um, and so it's been um, a great opportunity for us uh, to get out there and talk to um, owners There's um, because Team Women approaches all women and all walks of life. And so it's a great opportunity for us to... Um, have a booth and talk to other owners about what they're doing and what they're thinking about doing and uh, learn how we can help them um, through their career. So it's always great lineup of speakers from all over the country that come in. And Mm. it's just an exciting day of women supporting women. 
So are these women primarily entrepreneurs or is it just a mix of, of it, women? It is a mix. It is okay. the gamut. Yeah. Um, people just starting out and those sure. having their own businesses um, and have been in them for uh, many, many years. Yeah. Um, so you get to hear all these great stories and things that um, just like our owners we work with, like, I didn't know that was a business, right? I didn't know you could do that. So I'm always fascinated with Isn't it though? Um, yeah. the ideas and, um, and the uh, stories that they can share with us. Well, fabulous. I'm going to make sure that we include the registration for that event in our show notes. Sounds so, great. Yeah. Thank you, Christine, for joining me on the show today. It's been an honor and a pleasure, and we're going to have to continue this conversation at another time for sure because there's so much more to unpack. Thank you so much to our listeners for joining us today. Please review, subscribe, and share, and join us again next time.